Good morning, good people. Yeah, I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling good today. Welcome to AZ Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda, and Worth the Poor. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Yes, indeed, I am feeling good, and I am a little bit early because we got a guest. <laughs> you know how we do. Supposed to have a guest. We'll see. Uh, combine testing begins today, and I wanted to bring on my guy, Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com. He's down there at the Combine, so I wanted him to give us a up-close and personal view and bring Cowboys Nation down there. Uh, we'll talk about that, and in the roundup, we'll get into one of the position groups that may involve the franchise tag, may or may not, according to reports. And I think because I forgot to do my You Played Yourself segment yesterday, you know, the, the football gods, the podcast gods, they just, you know, things happen for a reason. It actually fits much better on today's show. So I promise I will get to that maybe right after uh, the roundup or after we get Kyle on the phone. So Kyle's good peoples, man. I really enjoy when I bring him on the show. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, and he's plugged in down there with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, we'll get him in here in a few minutes. So we'll get to this roundup pretty quickly. Uh, with that said, it won't be a terribly long show today. Uh, we want to hit the combine. We want to hit the, the position groups that will be uh, testing today, tight end, wide receiver. Uh, we'll do some of the Saturday groupings as well, which is defensive line and linebackers uh, with Kyle. But yesterday, before we get into the roundup, last night I should say, great show. Great show. We had the roundtable. The roundtable. Vice Lombardi Law Nation. Foots the King. Okoye. Myself. It was just a really good show as usual. Check that out if you can. Run it back on any of those guys' channels. Um, a lot of great questions brought up in there. I'll, see, Vach always says, I don't want to be three hours. But I truly feel like we need three hours to get through everything. We never get to everything because we don't want to keep y'all. Uh, too too long so make sure y'all check that out but uh good morning cowboys nation it is thursday which means it's one more day away from the weekend the freaking weekend all right so let's get through this thing and uh have a good day have a positive good morning as we head towards the end of this week and hit the weekend all right i'm gonna jump right into the roundup we should have kyle on the horn here soon if not we'll get into my uh congratulations you played yourself segment so let's hit the roundup right quick It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. The morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals, whether it be weight loss, strengthening up, toning up sports or stress relief. Texas Family Fitness has everything you need from state of the art equipment, group classes and experienced professional certified trainers. So if you're looking to begin your fitness journey, do me and A to Z Sports a favor and head on over to any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. So yesterday it came out on the wire, according to Cowboys insider Bobby Belt's camp and Dalton Schultz camp, that they do not believe he will be tagged. Now, I don't think this is breaking news or anything like that. It's not breaking news. We talked about this uh, this week, I believe, when the tag came up. 
I, I don't think anybody will be tagged per se. Uh, but if there were two position group or two positions that candidates or what have you, Schultz was one, and I think I said Curse would be the other. But I don't expect the tag to be used at all. So there is that report from the wire or from the insider that Schultz is not expected to be tagged. However, he still could be signed. We had a very lengthy, not I won't say lengthy, but a passionate discussion on, on Schultz a little bit last night on the show. And, and I'm still feeling the same way about him. I, I really appreciate what he does. I, I do think he's a little bit underrated in the sense of his consistency and reliability, things like that. But I, I'm not going to move off of I think he's a product of the system, a product of his environment. Um, and, and I don't know that you want to pay premium dollars to him because then I'm expecting elite tight end output. And with the position group that is really strange in the NFL, there's like three, maybe four elite tight ends, and the rest constantly get swapped out year in, year over. They just do. And Schultz is one of those guys. But the last two years, he's been pretty pretty consistent. Um, but if it's going to cost me an Amari Cooper, if it's going to cost me a, a J-Ron curse, if it's going to cost me you know some player that I hold higher, I'm not for it. That's just how that's where I'm at with it. If it's not going to cost me any of those guys, whatever. But I got a feeling that it will. And now you're paying 12, 13, 14 million dollars to essentially like an outlet version of a tight end. No offense, but that's, you know, button hook Schultz. I mean, he catches it, though. He catches it. How y'all feeling about a Dalton Schultz resigning? I don't know. But if you do not re-sign Dalton Schultz, there are plenty other tight ends in this draft, right? There are plenty other tight ends out there that we talked about. And today, the tight end group is one of the groups that will be testing. And it came out again, per Bobby Belt, Cowboys insider who's down there right now, that Texas A&M tight end Jalen Weidemeyer uh, says he had an informal interview with the Cowboys. And depending on who you talk to Weidemeyer is viewed as the number one or number two tight end in his draft. I was talking about this yesterday. There was, there was a, I think it was Foots the King, which I need to bring back on here to talk more draft. He's under the, the impression there really isn't a consensus tight end one like the pits, right? And the more and more you read around and look around, that's that seems to be the consensus. There's not this standout number one bona fide tight end uh, and it's very possible one doesn't go for a while in the draft. When I say wow, I mean probably not top 15, 20. Maybe at the end of the first, maybe in the second. Uh, but but there's other names that we'll bring up here later in the show. But Weidemeyer, he's a guy they had an informal interview with. I don't know about that one, and I'm, I'm going to get to it in a second. They had a formal interview or have a formal interview set up, however, with Isaiah Likely. And this is also from Bobby Belt here. A reminder, formal interviews are more important than informal interviews. Informal interviews are had with majority of players. Formal interviews are much more in-depth and teams are allowed only 45 of those at the combine. So the Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina formal interview makes more sense to me. 
because a day one tight end or day two just seems unlikely. Yes, pun intended. I told you I'm a nut. So yeah, that's that's how I look at it. Uh, if they want to go with a tight end, I, I listen, man. This thing needs to be late day two at the latest. Other other needs to me that are going to be there in the first and second round, quality needs, not just oh, sorry. not just uh oh we're picking for needs be, just because. No, there's going to be a ton of players I think at 24 and probably 56 too, where. It's BPA per need, not just BPA. We just picking the best on the board, even though two wide receivers in a row because of the best on the board. No, 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 no. You're going to go BPA per need. I think that's the best way to do, to, to go about it. Um, and it all it's all based on where you rank those needs at. I've always been that way. I, I know BPA, but you got to add context to it, right? Got to add context to it. All right, we're still waiting. On Kyle, let me see here. I think we might got something. Okay, we're still waiting on Kyle. I think he's down there right now. The lineman interviews are happening. So, or the lineman pressers are happening. So, uh, I believe he's handling that as we speak. But while he's doing that, go ahead and pull up my uh, congratulations. You played yourself segment here. One second, because you got to hear this audio. Oh, okay. All right, so listen. Y'all know how I feel about Dan Orvlowski. Or for those that have been on this channel prior to the the crossover with A to Z, you know how I feel about Dan Orvlowski. He finally came around on on Dak Prescott, but whatever. He still is Dan Orvlowski. So he had some weird, something, I'm going to say weird, not even interesting. A weird take the other day on Dalton Schultz and, and, and Amari Cooper. I'll give you the highlight version of it or whatever the text version of it if i could find it here we go this is just the end of what he said he said they're better with two titans on the field Uh, okay and certainly keeping dalton schultz over amari cooper is more important for their offense congratulations you played yourself excuse me sir let me let you listen to the whole thing so you don't think i'm just cherry picking this is the entire audio from Dan Orlowski about this Dalton Schultz Amari Cooper thing. One second, one second. Let me let me pull it up here. Y'all let me know if y'all can hear this. I think the Cowboys can and should trade Amari Cooper, mainly because I think they're a better team in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, than they are in 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. And I think you could trade Amari Cooper because I think outside of Dak Prescott, when it comes to their pass game, the most important person on their offense is Dalton Schultz who's a free agent to be, their tight end. And if it comes down to Amari Cooper at his salary or... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Dan. Hold on, Dan. I'm going to let you finish. The most important player on the offense is Dalton Schultz? Agree or disagree? And again, this this isn't crap on Dalton Schultz day. But the most important player on the Cowboys offense is Dalton Schultz. Wow. Dalton Schultz, you should make sure that you take that money that you might be able to recoup in trade value and sign Dalton Schultz. This guy has emerged as a big-time player. You see the statistics when Cowboys are in 12 personnel. They're the third-best 12 personnel team in football behind the Ravens. Can I ask you something? Since when, since when can you not be in 12 personnel 
and not have a wide receiver out there. I mean, why, why can't you have your best wide receiver with 12 personnel? You know, that, that kind of that blows my mind a little bit. I'm going to let him finish. Continue on here. Which has such a unique offense. And the Patriots, who have two superstars in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. I think that when you look at tape and watch this Cowboys pass game and you say, who is the receiver target that Dak Prescott trusts the most, that believes in the most? It's Dalton Schultz. Mm. And the numbers prove when Dak Prescott throws the ball to him, he performs at a level better than basically anybody in the league. Look at this. If you told everybody at home, if Dak Prescott to Dalton Schultz is better than Brady to Evans, you'd be like, what? Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? So I think skipping over Joe Burrow and Higgins. I mean, really good duos, but that's the best duo when it comes to those two connecting with each other. And that's why I think fundamentally, offensively, they're better with two tight ends on the field. And certainly keeping Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper is more important for their offense. Uh, I think the Cowboys Congratulations. You played yourself. Certainly keeping Dalton Schultz on the field over Amari Cooper is more important for the Dallas Cowboys. I can't make that up, folks. I can't make that up. With that said, we do have our guy, Kyle Yeomans, in the building. What's up, KY? What's going on, man? Nothing much. How are you guys? I'm uh, currently walking away from talking to some of the uh, the offensive line prospects in this draft, and lots of good ones kind of scattered throughout this bunch, and excited to get to catch up with you guys. I appreciate you taking a few minutes out today. I did see that you were just talking with uh, Charles Cross or, or watching – uh, the interviews with Charles Cross or what have you, and he brought up uh, Tyron Smith. Uh, that's a good one to to look after and look out for and try to <laughs> mimic your game after. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to aim for somebody, I, I feel like Tyron Smith's one of those guys. I feel like Zach Martin's in that conversation as well. There are plenty of guys that, that at least in terms of offensive linemen, the Cowboys have always had um, as as role models to the, the the younger generations in the game of football and you see that continuing on. I mean, it used to be like the Larry Allens of the world, and Larry Allen got a, a, a mention today from Evan Neal. He was his favorite player mm-hmm. growing up. So uh, Larry Allen's still getting mentioned around these parts. And then, of course, the, the way and the impact that Tyron Smith and, and Zach Martin have had their consistency on the game throughout as well has been, uh, of course, making an impact on even the younger offensive linemen that are here this week. Indeed. Now, my manners are just terrible right now. This is, if y'all don't know, this is Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com, the Debo Samuels of DallasCowboys.com. He does everything, (laughs) the the TV, the writing, the hosting, the draft show. If you don't know about the draft show, where where you at? Kyle freaking Yeomans, ladies and gentlemen. Um, (laughs) I had to give you the proper introduction, KY. I had to give you the proper introduction. Hey. Hey, and anytime I can get a, com- a comparison to, to Debo, I feel like I'm doing something well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Yeomans, as fans, we hear, we hear the combine and we think about draft prospects, right? But there's like mm-hmm. a backroom conversation thing going on with the agents and the teams down there, correct? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think it's funny because the, the forefront of the combine for at least fans out there are the drills. It's the, the bench press and the 40 yard dash. And it's the, the cone drills and stuff like that, that really, uh, they, they get the, the attention of fans and it's the prime time event. It's what the NFL wants to sell. Whereas the, probably the most important stuff happening in Indy is happening behind the scenes. You're having the conversations between teams, information sharing between scouting departments, the way the guys hear about certain individuals and the way they, they think about other guys, and 
then, of course, the, the agents of current players are here negotiating deals and having that whole conversation. It's really just a big informational gathering, but also the world's most public job fair is, is the best way that I like to describe it because mm. that's kind of what it is. Is There's a ton of people wanting to find a position in the NFL, most of them being rookies, most of them being draft prospects, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work going on as well. Yeah, and you know, you've talked to Stephen Jones, I think, twice now, but you had a, a really nice sit-down yeah. with him yesterday uh, with Dave Hellman. Check that out, guys, if you can. Um, Steven's done a lot of talking about the cap, right? We, we know, we understand that, uh, with the 21 impending free agents, but the elephant in the room remains Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. And you guys are doing a hell of a job trying to get an answer out of Steven Jones. But <laughs> before we get to the draft, what is your feeling, you know, coming away from those conversations with Steven, um, when it comes to those two? Uh, I think it's kind of where we entered the week, where we feel like it is likely that neither one of those guys are on the roster, but it's not most likely. I, I think it's most likely to say that one of the two will be on the roster, and I think that's kind of the decision-making that's going on throughout the organization at the moment. I think they're trying to decide whether or not they are as replaceable as other positions potentially on the roster if it's worth kicking the can down the road from a cap standpoint and restructuring some of these guys, because I think that's a conversation that this front office is having actively throughout the week. Is the draft able to supplement some of the production in, in a couple of those position groups? Is there something out in free agency that's worth going to get and that could potentially save you some room in the cap in the long run? Mm -hmm. That's really the biggest thing this week is, I, I think we've gotten closer to saying, okay, one of those guys definitely won't be here. Whereas there's not, it's not the nail in the coffin just yet about who's not going to be here or that both guys are not going to be here. So it's just, it's, it's not encouraging to a certain extent because yeah. like he said, there's tough decisions to be made and, and not everybody's going to agree with those decisions. But I guarantee you that, that those decisions just have not been made yet. Yeah. Well, the tight ends, the quarterbacks, and wide receivers are all testing today, right? So if Amari Cooper is removed from the roster, who should the Cowboys be zeroing in on today uh, from the wideout position? Yeah, no, there's a couple guys that you could really be looking at. I think Traylon Burks is one that, that a lot of people think could be a Debo Samuel type since you mentioned him a little bit early on. He's a wide receiver uh, out of Arkansas, 6'3", 220 pounds. He's He's quick. He's agile. He's got good hands, uh, solid blocker, and, and he can do a, a ton of different things. He can play in the slot, which he did a lot of uh, throughout his time in the SEC West. And he, speaking of the SEC West, he did it against the best opponents yeah. in college football and, and really put up massive numbers for an Arkansas offense that had been pretty stagnant over the last couple of years. So he's somebody that I think if you're wanting to replace the production of Amari Cooper, you don't want a cut-and-dry Amari Cooper because we've already had that conversation about how he wasn't utilized the right way. Go and get a really talented guy who could maybe fit into Kellen Moore's idea of a system, and Traylon Burks would be one of those guys. But if you're going to do that, he would probably be gone, or, or you would have to get him at pick number 24. I think the most likely scenario is you're going to see a group of guys in the second round mm -hmm. that are either going to replace Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup. I would honestly, I would put money, I'm not a betting man, and I don't want to tell you how to spend your money either, but I would put money on the fact that 
there's a second-round receiver in the conversation when the Cowboys are on the board at 56 because there's either way you're going to replace Amari Cooper or you're most likely going to replace Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson if Amari Cooper's still on the roster. So I think either way you're looking at a high-quality receiver in that second round, and if you're not, I feel like you're doing your offense, you're doing a, a, a strength of your team a disservice by – maybe not looking in that direction. If you get rid of Coop, you, you, I feel like the wide receiver position just shoots up the board uh, past a it lot does. of these other ones. So, yeah, you got to be looking at day one, day two, for, in my opinion, for a mm-hmm. wide receiver. Sky Moore, by the way, I'm, I'm yeah. advocating for him. Um, oh, yeah. You, 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 you knocking on the door of Sky Moore as well? I am I busting the door player. down. Hey, that's cool. I'm cool with that. He would be interesting if you – I would like it if you kept Amari. Yes. And then you had him – Paired with CD yes. and Amari, that that would be my like my want for Sky Moore because he would he would be a second round third round prospect. He he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's probably not going to be a day one prospect or in that conversation in, in the top thirty two picks. You could get him at fifty six for for the most part. So yeah. I like that idea of Sky Moore and, and having that electricity and potential kick returning ability out there as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's more so with the pairing with with Cooper and uh, and CD Lamb. Maybe he can get into the slot and do some dynamic things. But <laughs> yeah. I, I wondered, you know, just how hard the Cowboys would think about a guy like Jamison Williams, um, the Alabama guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama guy for an Alabama guy. Uh, where do you see Jamison Williams falling? You know, since that ACL injury, very intriguing prospect. You know, it's tough because uh, some people are going to knock the injury more so than others. I see a lot of people who have him as the top receiver in the draft, and and he's going to go top 15. Uh, And I'm actually one of those people. I have him as my number one receiver, and I have him as the 14th overall player right now. And that's that's really just me anticipating him to be the same coming back from the ACL. Uh, I think this week's a big week for him medical-wise of, hey, is there any extra structural damage? Is there anything that's going to linger from that knee standpoint? And of course, the injury that he suffered in the national title game against Georgia. Um, he's he's going to be in that conversation of, of one of the first receivers taken. I don't know if he will be just because of the ACL and, and what he brings to the table, but he's an absolute burner. I mean, he is a top-notch player. Reminds me of Jerry Judy. We're told not to scout the helmet, but, like, that's kind of what I'm looking at. When I see Jamison Williams tape, yeah. I, it reminds me of Barry Judy and what he did a couple years ago at Alabama as well. And, and I think he could immediately come in and, and have a massive impact uh, in terms of the NFL and whatever offense he's on. Another name I want you to keep an eye on, and I know the, the Cowboys have kept an eye on him as well, is, is George Pickens out of Georgia. And, and kind of a similar scenario where he's been banked up he only played 35 offensive snaps. He had a, an ACL in the spring, came back, played 35 offensive snaps over the SEC title game and the college football playoff, and was really kind of eased back into it. But he's kind of along those lines as well as a high-end deep threat receiver who can play physical, he can play all over the field, he can do a ton of different things, um, and, and he may be one of those guys that the Cowboys could look at as a second-round receiver potential because of the injury, if he wasn't hurt, if he hadn't had that injury in the past, exactly, another hurt guy. But, hey, we know how that works here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. They, they like to keep their eye on those guys. And there's, there's a sp- specific type of risk with it that, or that comes with it. But if he wasn't hurt at any point throughout his collegiate career, he'd be a top 15 pick. 
and wow. he's probably going to go in the second round. And, and maybe the Cowboys would have to move up to go get him. But if he falls to 56, keep an eye on George Pickens when draft day comes around. So it's safe to say, you know, there should be a quality wide receiver in round two or three for the Cowboys to pick. I, I absolutely think so. I think it's a, a good wide receiver class. I don't think it's as great as some of the ones that we've seen recently with like the CD Lambs, Jerry Judy's and uh, Henry Ruggs when he was drafted. And then last year's class of guys, it's not the same level, not the same caliber of guys, but I certainly think that it's, it's a class that's deep enough. And for a team that, picks in the latter half of every round for the most part, I think it's going to work out well for the Cowboys. I think they come out with at least one, maybe two receivers whenever draft weekend's over. Uh, now, now, one of the impending free agents right now that a lot of Cowboys fans are talking about is Dalton Schultz. Uh, and yesterday mm-hmm. it came out that they had an informal interview with uh, Jalen Watermeyer, uh, and they're going to have a formal interview uh, with Isaiah mm-hmm. Likely, I believe, from Coastal Carolina. Now, I personally don't believe they'll take a tight end high, but who are some of the, the other guys at the combine the Cowboys fans should keep their eyes on? Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys. I think Weidemeyer is one of those. I know the, the Cowboys have kind of kept their eye on him. Uh, he didn't go to the Senior Bowl, but likely did. McBride did. Jake Ferguson did. And I, I know they've had conversations over the last couple of weeks, and I, I certainly expect them to meet in Indy as well. Um uh, those are those are kind of the guys. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin's more of a traditional blocker, but he showed that hey, he could get the football as well. He's a good player. He he can he can uh, kind of fill that role of a Dalton Schultz if they really needed to. Um, he's probably not as much of a pass catching threat, but we also didn't think Dalton Schultz was a pass catching right. threat until twenty either. So maybe maybe he's another one of those guys that you can maybe look at as a. Uh, as a threat, I think Trey McBride is probably one of the best receivers out of the tight end group in terms of a pass catcher. Uh, he still leaves a little bit to be desired from a blocking standpoint, but he's somebody that uh, Cowboys fans should keep their eye on. And then Iowa State, Charlie Kohler as well is, a, is another tight end. Tight ends, are, of course, hitting the field today. You'll see the yep. way that these guys run, the way that these guys go through uh, certain drills and stuff like that. I think it'll be interesting to see. Who kind of stands out there, but just know the Cowboys are definitely going to have their eye on tight end because even if it's not Dalton Schultz that's going to come back, I think there's a chance that Blake Jarwin, mm-hmm. uh, there's something that happens there maybe because he's kind of been off the radar. At least he's been a non-factor, and, and usually the Cowboys will, will try and make a move a couple of places like that. Yeah, the depth, uh, the depth right now as we speak because there is no – uh, Dalton Schultz is very slim. Uh, I love Blake Jarwin's potential, sure. but we can't keep using that word anymore. It's He is what he is at this yeah. point, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to channel my inner Kanye West real quick, man. I, listen, I know the quarterbacks are today. <laughs> I, I know the offensive linemen are tomorrow. I'm going to let y'all finish. But Saturday is defensive line and linebackers. And I am excited <laughs> for the D-line and the linebackers, Kyle. Who are you most interested to see? Uh, on Saturday with those with the big boys and with the linebacker position. Man, I'm excited to see these big three techniques get after it. I want to see who's athletic, who has that lateral movement, who has a little bit of bend. There's so many different guys in this draft class and a deep edge rusher class too. I, I think the defensive line unit and, and the prospects that they have here in Indy this week are they, I think they stack up against any of the positions uh, in this draft and even over the last couple of years in terms of a defensive line group, especially at edge rusher. Look at all the edge rushers 
that are going to go off the board early, that are still going to go in the top 20, and then are going to go in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. I mean, it is a very consistent class of edge rushers. You've got the guys at the top like a Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, but then you've got guys that maybe the Cowboys could keep an eye on in like a George Karloftis, a Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Uh, there's so many edge rushers in this class. So yeah. them paired with the big three techniques, maybe go get a nose tackle again. Uh, I think that would be something that the Cowboys could, could be excited about moving into the, the, the latter parts of the week. Yeah, it's unfortunate, though. I'm with you because all the primetime stuff, all the stuff that these draft nuts want to watch is pushed into the weekend for mm-hmm. primetime mm-hmm. ratings. And it's like, man, I just want to watch some big guys run around. Yeah, I have to selfishly ask you a question about said player, uh, Jordan Davis. I, I totally understand that the, yeah. the value of the position is not high in the NFL, but I kind of throw that out with this cat. Uh, will he be down there? Uh, yes, he will be down there. Um, how do you expect yeah. him to perform in, in the combine this weekend? If he tests, and we don't know if he's going to test or not, if he does, I, I think he's going to perform quite well. Uh, I think – there's a little bit too much thrown into the, oh, he played two downs at Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was only a two-down player. He was in a rotation of the best defensive line group in all of collegiate football. So yeah. that doesn't – I mean, they're going to have like 12 guys off of that defense. Exactly, 12 guys, more than they were, than they were starting that are going to be drafted throughout this entire prospect – or this entire process. So him as a prospect is intriguing to me. I think I'm right there with this guy because I think – this is a guy who can wreck your defense. And even if even if he only does it for two downs, he does it on first down and second down, you're setting up third and long for the rest of your defense, and it basically eliminates the run as an opportunity to go. So you're stopping the run still. You're stopping the run on first and second down, which is his calling card, as he is a run stuffer and he can provide some interior pressure as yep. well. I think he's worth the 24 overall pick, and I, I would be able to stand on the table for that moving into – uh, the latter parts. I hope he tests well. I think he will, uh, but we'll definitely see that when it comes up in the next couple of days. Stand on the table. I, I might pull a Bills Mafia jump off of the table move if we take a Jordan <laughs> Davis. Seriously, I told myself, Sky, don't I fall in love to with see that. Hey, hey, I, I ran a half marathon for CD Lamb, so I expect you, <laughs> if they take Jordan Davis, to do the Bills Mafia thing, and I want to see it on hey, video. I, I might be down here or up there, wherever the hell we are. At, at Vegas, so if <laughs> if it happens, I think I have to hold. My, you know, I have to be true. Oh, my I'll jump off the table. I love it. But hey, Kyle, I appreciate you uh, joining us for a few minutes, giving us some insight down there at the combine. Make sure you have a good time down there, buddy. Soak it all up. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Uh, that is Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com. I don't have my clap anymore, but give him a clue bomb, man. I give him a clue bomb. Appreciate Kyle as always. Uh, coming through and giving us some insight uh, down there uh, with the Cowboys and that senior bowl. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to switch focuses here real quick and uh, tell you guys about a few of our sponsors before we hit the open lines. Now, if you guys want to call in and add into all this stuff, you can 351-999-3787-351-999-3787 is the call in line. But before we do that i do want to remind you guys about our ride of the week this week which is the mazda 3 the 2022 mazda 3 that comes in at an affordable price with a luxury feel they have the apple carplay the android auto the blind spot monitoring the backup camera the keyless entry just some of the features 
uh, that they have. And the folks down at Freeman Mazda are amazing uh, in Irving, Texas. So definitely check out the Ride of the Week if you're interested in purchasing a new vehicle or getting one for your children. And I always say this, if you're an, an older you know, fan that has kids eligible to drive, get yourself a, a car that has a blind spot monitoring. Perfect. It's perfect. Also, Worth the Poor out of the Colony in Texas. Take the edge off of game day. Stop by Worth the Poor Spirits and Wine in the Colony, Texas. Worth the Poor is a family-owned and operated luxury liquor store with affordable prices. They have a wide variety of spirit, wine, and beer samples available, making your drink of choice decisions easier than ever. And for the game day party that won't end, they even offer liquor deliveries to all of Denton County. If you live outside of Denton County and want to schedule a delivery, just give them a call, pass along your zip code, and they'll schedule a delivery if possible. Don't want to call? Cool. Download their Worth the Poor app on the phone and schedule your delivery today. Appreciate you guys, man, uh, rocking with me through that whole thing. Uh, Kyle, man, Kyle Yeoman is great. Great interview there. I love that he gave us some of his time. I was actually following him real time uh, on Twitter as he was sitting through the press conferences uh for the offensive lineman. I think it's important to kind of get a feel down there. And one of the questions that I asked him about was, I understand we're as fans, we look at the combine for the players, the prospects, but the behind the scenes, every year you hear about agents talking to owners, general managers, talking to players, agents and, and trades and getting a feel for said pro personnel players, not just the, the prospects. And um, if you go listen to the interviews, with Stephen Jones, he talks about Randy Gregory and things like that. Part of me really feels like Randy's going to be back. At what price? I don't know. Part of me feels like he'll be back, though, because of those backdoor type meetings, the, hey, you're my guy, we've been here type thing. And again, what we believe is a team-friendly deal may look like a jackpot deal to Randy. So, and I, I still think that could happen. Do I see anywhere upwards of $19, $20 million? No, I, I don't see that happening. But I see something south of that, way south of that, where Randy could feel comfortable. Uh, the Cowboys feel like they got something out of it, and Cowboys Nation aren't freaking out about paying two guys $20 million per year. Well, they get rid of Demarcus Lawrence, it won't matter, will it? It won't matter. All right, man, what you got to say over here in the chat? Danny says, if Davis runs a sub... A sub five, a sub five oh forty. He's going inside the twenty, brother man. If a six foot six, three hundred and fifty pound, forty pound man runs a sub five oh in the forty, top top twenty. See, see, that would be one of those things where if he falls out the top fifteen, top thirteen, top ten, it's only because of his position, because that don't make sense. I'm not even expecting him to run a sub five. I'm really not. I don't need him to. I don't need Jordan Davis to to, to, to hawk a guy down from 20 yards. I just need you to disrupt folk inside the phone booth. Push push people back like you the refrigerator uh, right into the lap of the quarterbacks. For the sub 5-0 for 6-6, 350, 340. Man, stop playing with me. <laughs> stop playing with me. I'm running. Listen, I'm telling you, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be in Vegas, but we are in talks for it to happen here at A to Z. We're we're, we're trying to make that happen. We're going to do a, a kind of a cross talk thing with uh, Nashville, Dallas. Uh, we'll probably get a few other 
of our cities. By the way, we've expanded. A to Z Sports has expanded to five different uh, cities. Tampa, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. We've already had Kansas City. I forget what the last one was. My apologies. But, yeah, man, A to Z is definitely out here and, and doing big things. So you could see me down there in Vegas. Uh, and I promise you, if they take Jordan Davis at 24, I will jump off the table. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Professor Rose says he'll be there. All right, man, if you're there and I'm there, let's link up. I know I saw my boy Jay Tuck in the building. I know he's trying to go to Vegas. <laughs> Felipe, how's it going, Felipe? All the way from France. He says, linebacker is a need in my opinion. We have the Hunter and Parsons. I think we have the cover in Jabril Co- Cox. Who would our enforcer in this draft be? Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, don't get it twisted, man. Parsons could be that too. But uh, lots of linebackers. We actually covered this yesterday, uh, last night on the, the show. Lots of linebackers I like in this draft. From day one to day three. Uh, let me see if I still have that visual up. Give me a second, fellas and ladies. Okay. So if you're looking for a type of linebacker, Felipe, this is where you want to look at the the measurements, the Dan Quinn uh, criteria of linebackers. You're looking anywhere between six foot to about six three. You have some anomalies. Come on, come on up now. What you doing? Uh, you have some anomalies in like uh, Devondre Campbell, who's six four, uh, about roughly anywhere between two fifteen and two hundred and thirty five pounds at the max. If you're going to go above that, you're looking at freak guys like a Michael Parsons. Uh, are we good here? Uh, so you're looking at freak guys like a Michael Parsons. So where could you get an enforcer? I, I, and we're using adjectives here, but just get me another playmaker. And there's a ton of them. The Lloyds, the, the Deans, the Chad Mumas. If you want to go later, you're looking at the Troy Andersons. Um, the cat from LSU. I, I do like the linebacking group here um, from rounds one to about three or four. So I don't think you need to take one in round one, Felipe. But I think that you, you'll get a really damn good one in the first day or two. The first day or two. Uh, Danny says, after this week, Lloyd jumping up to top ten. Christian wants to know what time the combine starts. I believe the action begins at about four o'clock in regards to running. But the bench press starts at 10 Eastern, so 9, uh, nine Central. I don't care. Joe said, Sky, no, Jordan Davis is only a two-down player. What my man say? We don't care. Joe, I don't care, man. I don't. I'm completely eliminating the, the value, the positional value with that man because I believe he's different. Um, and that he can if he can only affect, as most people say, and I kind of agree with, uh, Kyle here. I know he's getting held to the one down, two down guy type thing, but I, I think he can be a push the pocket type player. Now, will he play seventy percent of the snaps? Here's one thing y'all failing to realize: nobody under Dan Quinn is playing seventy percent of the snaps. Most of these guys are only going to play 35, 40 max, right? So if I can get thirty, thirty two snaps max, you know, one hundred percent. You know, not out of shape, Jordan Davis, next to my Osas, in front of my Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons. Psh, I don't give a damn. What downs you want to put him on? I believe in that man that much. 
and I shouldn't because I always get excited about one player and it, and it tears me up. I told y'all I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. I did it. But here's the thing about this one. I know the Cowboys ain't going to take him because they don't value that position high enough. So I'm not going to be too de- let down if that happens. Oh, we got Rick on the horn. What's up, Rick? Yo, what's going on, Skywalker still? Good morning, brother. Cowboy. Good morning. Uh, Cowboy Nation, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff, you know. Sky the best. Salute, man. Salute. Yo, man. Hey, man, I want to say one thing, man. Y'all brothers, man, the five horsemen last night, man. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Be round table. If you miss it, run it back. Got to run that back. Uh. Yo, Sky, you retarded, man. You wild as hell. Oh, excuse me, I don't mean to say retarded. You know what I'm saying? I'm mean to I, say, I, like, I, I, you wild, man. I, I know crazy. what you mean. I know what you mean. You gonna, how you going to call that man the Uber driver, man? That was crazy. <laughs> you had me Uber, dying last night. Uber Eats. I had to walk away. From, yeah, Uber Eats, man. I had to walk away from the damn phone last night. I was like, this dude crazy. Bro, where, where's you know the lie? Where's the lie? You're you right. Uh, I agree with you 110%. He is the Uber driver. He ain't, I mean, the Uber East driver, man, uh, delivery person, man. The dude don't have no say-so if we uh, cut players, want to pick up certain players, especially especially during, during the season, you know what I mean, yeah. with, with like little trades, little fifth-round, sixth-round trades uh, for the next year for decent players that still got a little juice left that can help the team. Real quick. Steven Jones, too tight. Uh-huh. Real quick, Reek, for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about. He's talking about Will McClay. Uh, Will McClay came up yeah. last night on the roundtable and, and uh, jokingly uh, called him the Uber Eats driver because he's given the recipe, he's given the groceries, the type of groceries to shop for, and he picks them up. That That's why I said what I said. So continue on. Yeah, man, we got to get, man, I gave you all y'all guys a round of applause for last night. That was a, man, that was a good show, man. And I got to give you your props because you know what? You stood up to Vosh Lombardi's little bit of his nonsense when it comes to these Cowboys, being a Cowboy, a super Cowboy uh, uh, fanboy, you know what I mean? And I respect that you said what you said because it does need to be pointed out. And uh, even, um... Uh, he he did he, he backed himself up a little bit though upon that what he was saying, uh, saying that it's the front office man they stopping the growth of this team man it's like damn you getting these players you paying these players but you stopping their growth by meddling putting yeah. your hands in certain situations that you shouldn't even be in if you want to be the face of the, the organization you want to be bigger than the whole team stand out in front and do that bro. But let the people, like, you know what I mean, get the groceries, but let these coaches and stuff cook the meals, man. Yeah, like, we, back off, bro. Uh, like, you don't have to be in there. See, the problem is when you don't ha- have people like general managers, you never know what you're doing wrong. You will mm-hmm. never know. Because when you're the president, the vice president, and the owner, and the general manager all rolled in one, who's checking you? Nobody's yeah, checking you. So unless you are a colossal failure, unless you are the, and I hate to even use the Jets because I looked this up yesterday or the other day just kind of looking at certain organizations, but unless you are a, the Detroit Lions, um, the Washington football people, a, an organization like that where you're failing year in and year out, when I say fail, I mean not making the playoffs, terrible records, top 10 picks all the time. Unless you're doing that to the Joneses, this is a success. We're relevant. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting to the playoffs every other year. 
winning one, they don't. Do they really care about winning one? I guess they do, but but they're not showing it to me. So no one's checking them, and they're not checking themselves. They're saying this is good enough. We're we're close, and I'm tired of hearing that too. Now I'm tired of hearing it. We're close. We'll be close once we get to the NFC Championship game. Until then, yeah, that's what show I'm saying. Me. Yeah, they got to show us close. I don't want to hear that you're close. I want to see it. We for some reason, all of us being fans, true Cowboy fans, we can sit down and really know by at least by the second half, before the second half or the middle of the second half, we like damn, we we going I don't think we gonna win this game. Cause look at the dumbass plays they out here running. Damn. You know what I mean? And then, that, and then, yeah, go ahead. yeah, and then my whole thing is like this too. I want to pay our guys. You know what I mean? Like Randy Gregory and stuff like that, but let's keep it real, man. Man, I was just thinking about this, man. Randy Gregory helped lose us that damn playoff game because he was playing like he was high, like he had hit the blunt before he came. Before he came out there, he looked. I don't know why he looked crazy in the face. He had that crazy look in his face that he wasn't there in that game for right. some reason because he kept doing bonehead ass fucking plays from the from the from the go. I didn't notice it until after the game, besides the penalty, right? The penalty at the end, you notice that. But after the game, you go back and you watch, you're like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he didn't do this all year. So he definitely ended on a sour note. A guy like Tyron Smith ended on a sour note. I mean, you could argue Dak ended on a sour note. A lot of our top players kind of ended on a sour note. But that Randy Gregory one uh, was very strange because I still feel like, and maybe I'll try to get some digging on this uh, with Randy, I feel like he was coached to do all that holding. Um, and I never really looked at Randy as a dirty player, but it was a whole lot of dirtiness in that game. And there's a difference between being tough and playing psychological mental games with your opponent and just flat out doing dirty stuff. Yeah, but, but it was even a good dirty. It was a real bad, bang-up job dirty. Like, dude, yeah. just play the game and win. You, you putting us in positions, if you don't do that, we get the ball back. We not get we not giving these dudes extra downs. What the hell is your problem, man? I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, I know we want to keep Randy Gregory and all that, and I'm I'm not for giving the dude up because I still think he's a special talent, but he has to be reasonable, man, because ain't no way in heck that I think the Joneses is sitting out with him and throwing him and back up the bridge truck. Yeah, they can't throw the you super know? bag at him, no. I will go back and play all that that playoff game to him. And be like, yo, bro, look what you you lost us. You have lost us the game, bro. Oh, like, they you, you gonna have to come up with a discount. Jerry's already setting you up for that negotiation. I don't know if you guys caught that a few weeks ago, where he talked about how me and Randy Gregory are we were tight and things like that. And you know, we've been through the mud. And I'm using different words, but I'm summarizing it here. But you know, we've been through the mud together. You know, and all this other stuff. So he's already setting you up for how those negotiations are going to be. He's going to go in there and say, "Hey, brother, we stuck with you, okay." So, you know, you're going to take this type of contract or you can go test a free agency market. Uh, my thing is, if mm-hmm. you're going to get rid of Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory does not re-sign with you, then you need to get a premium tight, I'm sorry, a premium defense and in free agency. You just have to, bro. You, you cannot go into the, to, to the season losing possibly three of your better players from last year, Randy Gregory and Mark Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, because it'll be foolish, man. It's like them dumping on Coop because they call that they got an attitude with Coop. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, bro, you got a dynamic uh, number one receiver over here, and you're not using that toy. What the heck is wrong with y'all? You know what I mean? It's like, 
how, how do you spend a first round draft pick on this guy? He comes, he shows, he comes in, and he shows that he was worth the first round in the beginning. But since y'all y'all want to play with the money, Stephen Jones so tight with the with the pocketbook, he he pocket watching all the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not letting this man go out here and win us the games because it's like, even if you go back to the the damn playoff game, Coop scored the touchdown. Coop helped us get down the field. And you don't want to pay this dude, man. If this dude goes, if they let, if they do some foolish junk and not at least try to restructure his contract and let him leave here, and he goes to a team, like, uh, go to go to a team in our division, and they got a quarterback over there for him, he's going to eat us up. I mean, to me, it he's sounds... He's going to do it personally, bro. It, it sounds like, you know, Steven doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants or he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Because, again, just listen to when, they, when he talks, you know. The system, he brought it up, we talked about it a few days ago, the system is the reason why the targets are what they are. The system, the scheme, the system. Well, sir, it's not like this changed two years ago. This has been the system from two years ago when you signed him to that extension. So if you knew Mm -hmm. the system was going to be a distributing type of system from front to back, from start to finish. It wasn't going to be a player-driven type of thing, even in adversity moments like McCarthy likes to say, then why the hell did you pay him that money? So either he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, which I lean towards that, or he's he doesn't know what he wants as the de facto general manager. And yes, we talked about this before. I love Will McClay, but I don't believe he's the general manager because he doesn't have say on who comes and who goes. He has say on who the hell I'm mm-hmm. going to go pick up. <laughs> you know, what you want me to go mm-hmm. get? I got you. Let me go get that real quick. And, hey, is this is this the one? Steven will say, that's the one. Or Steven will say, you know, Will, I know you went out there and you got so-and-so, but I'm not feeling this guy. We're going to get rid of him. You think you think Steven Jones is going to Will McClay and saying, Will, what you think about Mari Cooper? What you think about DeMarcus? Mm-hmm. No. Not going mm-hmm. You're not doing that. not doing that. You're not doing that. So, you know. And Jerry need, to, Jerry need to put a stop to it some way. Like, bro, you're not about to make my team go back under 500. You know what I mean? Or just at 500. You're not about to do that, man. Because next year, this next year, this next season, we're going to have a harder so, schedule. People are going to be aiming for us even more. So it's like, bro, let's keep I the w- team, the most of the nucleus that we got, and just build on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I want Ready to call in. I, Ready, I I want to talk to you about this one. I know I can't do the text all the time with you because I'm so interested to hear. I want to rebut and and fuss with you, Ready Red. Call into the show, man. He he's the one that and give he wants to get rid of Coop. <laughs> I on, 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 and one time I'm gonna say one time and I'm gonna leave it alone. Get me get me Jordan. Da- I mean, uh, what is it? Jordan, Jordan Davis? Davis. Yeah, yeah. Get me that guy. Get me that guy. Because with that guy. That opens up the rest of this defense, man. That for some reason, a big boy like that, and I hope we grab him before New England grabs him. Because New England, they love big boys like him. He he probably remind them of uh, Wilford, and you know they love big that's, boys that's, like him. That's what in I kind of yeah. I kind of compared them to to Vince, but not in the sense of they different body types because Vince was a little shorter and, and, and wider. Well, this dude was built like a a, a pickup truck. But but Jordan's longer, and I think he's more athletic. Even though Vince got a couple interceptions on his resume, but yeah, that's how that's kind of how I view mm-hmm. him, and that's why I say screw positional value. Uh, the the kid can be a game changer in the middle of your defense. Hey man, get me him a green. I'm cool. All right, 
The office of mine, dude, man. All right, right, Sky, man, I want to hold hold the line up, man. Peace, Cowboy Nation. Everybody stay up, man. Peace. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm fussing already. That's my guy. But no, seriously, man. here's, Here's my... Here's my... I thought I turned it off. Here's my thought process on on those that are like, yeah, just get rid of Coop. Who on Coop's level, right, or better than Coop or whatever, do you believe will come in here and be just just ridiculously better? Like who? I channel my inner WWE, my New Day. Who? Who? I'm setting it up. I'm just curious because I understand that there's better players, not a whole lot of them, but there's better players or what have you. But I don't even know if that matters because said scheme. I think your frustration is pointed to the wrong person. Mark Cooper is without a doubt a, a very damn good wide receiver. Playing in a scheme that don't give a damn about that. You know what I'm saying? Literally, he said that's what your your general manager, vice president, Steven said. That's what your offensive coordinator said. That's what Simi Fehoko said. This isn't a player-driven scheme. It's a progression scheme. It's a concept-based scheme. It's a system that does not go to or target to one player down and down now, game in, game out, no matter how big the game is. So if I swap Amari Cooper out, for Randy freaking Moss, it won't matter. Because if Randy Moss is doubled, Kellen is like, nope. Next progression. Now I'm being hyperbole here, obviously, with Randy Moss. But but that my point stands. I can replace him with a Chris Godwin. A Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh... I know Devontae Adams is a beast. We had this conversation before. I don't think Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams in Dallas. Another one. We talked about this last night. Debo Samuel is not Debo Samuel in Dallas. He ain't. What's the meme where the guy's sitting at the thing with the cup and he's got the... There's a, there's a sign at the bottom. Prove me wrong. Debo Samuel would not be Debo Samuel in Dallas. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm saying. And, and you know, I, people were on me yesterday on Twitter uh, when I responded to, to Vi- it's so funny with Twitter about uh, Stephen Jones. You know, people get people people really on Twitter that don't know who you are don't watch this show. They take a a tweet and then they just they just judge you off of that tweet in regards to. Uh, your sports views. And the problem is, it's too many levels for Twitter. It's too many. So it's levels to this thing that, that Twitter, I can't get all the way in on. But seriously, in regards to the wide receiver position, who? Let me go see if I found one. All right, so Professor O made a point, apparently. Let me go find it, Professor O. What did he say? That That's Reddy's point. Okay, he says, I don't think it's find someone that's better than Coop as much as find someone who can get eight to a thousand yards for far less money. No, 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 no. Y'all not this levels. Y'all know, you know better than that. Unless you speaking on 
Stephen Jones mentality because now, Reddy, you're, you sound like Stephen Jones. I'm going to cut a top premier wide receiver, player, what have you, because my scheme is the result of his production, not said player. The same player I paid two years ago, top five money with the same damn scheme. Where's my safe word? You know damn well it ain't about the 800 to 1,000 yards because he's way more valuable than that. Go pop on the film. Who has the bracket coverage? Who's dictating where the safety goes? Who's pulling a linebacker underneath? Amari freaking Cooper. You want to know why Dalton Schultz has 800 yards and eight touchdowns? It ain't because Dalton Schultz is Jason Witten in his prime. So come on now, y'all. Y'all know better than that. He even said it in the interview. I think it was Clarence Hill who rebutted with, well, when it comes to investment, does that match up with your system? He said, you know, that's some things we got to talk about. What the, what the hell changed from two years ago? He wants Traylon Burks, says Ready Red, and a free agent wide receiver to go with it. I, you know, I just think that's such a... I mean, that may be the, that may be what happens. Ready? You know, they're likely going to get rid of him. And, you're, and then wide receivers in play at 24. I, I just think, what a waste. <laughs> what what a waste. At that Now, again, it's early. The Cowboys could be potentially wiped out from everybody. Highly doubt it. But I just... This year, I feel like there are more positions of need that will fit BPA at 24 than wide receiver where we stand right now. And the fact that you're going to create a need because cap is, is, is frustrating. Oh, stop it. Professor Rose. They are teams. Aren't bracketing Cooper bro. We, uh, okay. We got to talk off air because we could pull it up. In fact, my man's already did that, but but we can pull it up. Teams are definitely paying attention to Amari Cooper, man. Teams are paying attention to Amari Cooper. That is false. That is that is false. Teams ain't just out here like, oh, this is Allen Hearns. Now they're doing it every play. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Amari Cooper is definitely dictating coverage and has done that since he's been on this team. On this team. Need my safe word. Y'all killing me. We want to replace him because the system is the reason why. And let's be real. He got 800 yards missing two games. This is this is nonsense. This is utter nonsense. We're going to create two needs cuz cap. I need to save word. <sighs> Tom says I would just tell my defense, okay, Coop been thrown two five times. He hit his quota, so don't cover him now. Yeah. And it ain't y'all. It ain't really y'all, Professor Already Red. It's it's the fact that we have to have this conversation that pisses me off, man. 
I'm hoping there's some swerve that happens. I'm hoping this does not happen at all. We get swerved and we can go into this draft and truly be at a position of an advantage um, as opposed to taking two positions we're fine at and create them to a need. I want me some glory help. He said that's my safe word. And when it happens, I'll be on here. I won't snap. I won't go crazy because I'm kind of setting myself up for it. Uh, but Kyle did mention that he thinks it's likely that both will be gone, but it's most likely that one will be gone. And the conversation we had yesterday was, would you rather have Cooper or Demarcus Lawrence? I was Amari Cooper. Um, a few others were Demarcus Lawrence. It's a it's a fun conversation to have, uh, but but I'd, I'd I'd rather have Coop. And, and listen, I love Demarcus, but if we're picking between the two, I'd rather have Coop. What, what excuses are we making, Randy? This is why I want you to call in. I can't. I, I don't want to keep going back and forth on the, on the, the the chat, but I'm trying to figure out what ex, what are the excuses. I haven't said a single thing about Amari's being a negative player. What are the excuse? What, what excuse? Excuse for what? You know what I'm saying? He, is he not one of the best wide receivers in the league? Is he not one of the Cowboys, if not the best wide receiver on the Cowboys? Does he not have, was it three out of four seasons here, a thousand yards? Did he not change this offense and improve it? What, what excuses are we are we giving them? You know I mean, he cleaned up the drops that he had early on in his career. You know, twenty nineteen people was like, "Oh, he dropped the ball seven times." He's six drops the last two years, three last year. So, what are we? Can he? Is he throwing himself the ball? He doesn't divide the locker room. He goes out in the public eye and says, listen, guys, you know, I would like to be involved on third down in the red zone. That's that's not T.O.-ish. That's not Des Bryant-ish. So where, where are the excuses for the man? I, Real Tick says the conversation should be really how poorly Kellen approaches. I, that is the root of the problem. You know, I was told on Twitter when I talked about Stephen Jones, you know, it's so funny because if y'all know me, Y'all know I'm not negative Cowboy fan. I'm pissed off right now. But throughout the year and previous years, I'm one of the most optimistic guys. But I keep it real and call it how I see it. And they're like, you're part of the problem. You are negative hate cow. You hate Cowboy. I'm like, what? Bro, you don't even know me. Because I'm criticizing Stephen Jones, I'm negative Cowboy fan. I can criticize I'm just trying to figure out where where is the criticism I should lie on Amari Cooper right now. You know what? You know, you know, a lot of the people with the mask thing will say he got COVID. If you want me to criticize that. But from his play standpoint, where should I criticize him? That's all I'm saying. Where should I criticize Amari Cooper at this at this point? Because he's not throwing himself the ball. Uh, Kellen runs the same O as Linehan with just more trick plays. Are we saying that's a good thing? Uh, Cooper's legit. Teams aren't rolling coverages away all game long. He isn't commanding attention like Prime does. You're, you're adding a different conversation. 
no one says he's commanded attention like so-and-so, but Coop is commanding attention. That is the point. Coop is commanding attention more than any of your wide receivers on this team. Coop is your best wide receiver on this team. I don't care about comparing him to Des Bryant, Randy Moss, or anything like that. He's absolutely commanding attention. The first part of your sentence is all that needs to be said. Coop is legit, period. Y'all want to roll out this wide receiver by committee? Be my guest. Out here running hooking ladders on on the second second drive of the game, and we talking about our our wide receiver who who was the only person that scored the touchdown, a legitimate touchdown in that game that drive. I want me some glory, help. See, y'all got me started today. It's levels, boss. It's it's, it's it's levels. But 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 I'm repeating myself. This ain't nothing new. Uh, TC915, it's okay to critique our favorite football team. Yeah. As fans, we watch them everywhere. Invest our time. We can say what we feel. We've earned that right. Sure. Uh, Special K says, but Lamb has the ability to be a number one. There's no doubt about that. I think I think a CD Lamb is a number one uh, type of wide receiver. Now he has to be, you know, has to earn that. Uh, but he has that talent, and I don't even know that they're using this guy the right way either. Keeping it to be, uh, but I think CD Lamb is a ridiculous talent, phenomenal talent. I'm not worried about CD Lamb. There, there's really people that said that CD Lamb is a disappointment. Like I, I this, you know, I love y'all because we here, we fan. But there's certain fans I don't, uh, you know, I don't talk to on Twitter, but I see, and I'm like, what are we, what it, what really are we doing here, man? And it's one thing to be negative, but what you have to have the ability to do is to take your negative, uh, or sorry, your frustrations. It's one thing to be frustrated, but take your frustrations for a quick second, put them to the side, and let's talk logically. Let's add, let, let's 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 be real, right? Let's add context to these things. To call CD a failure is ridiculous. To say that he has some drops and needs to work on that is absolutely correct. We saw Amari Cooper go through that same thing. Hey, man, catch the ball a little bit better next year. But there are people out here questioning CD Lamb as a legitimate wide receiver. I've heard overrated. I've heard uh, not worth it. I've heard I would not have drafted. I won't draft him. I would have took that defense in. Um, obviously you got Justin Jefferson or what have you, right? That, that could have been a guy you took too. Uh, but, but I just think there's just so many far left conversations uh, built out of frustration for a quick second, remove your frustration and really listen to what you're saying. You might be like, well, I'm tripping. Uh, true says we have to see CD lamb, get the attention that Coop gets first. Uh, well, he might, he might be in that position now. Right? Like, he might be wide receiver number one. We'll see how he handles it. Also, Derek says, CD has been a disappointment. Jesus Christ. I'll tell you something right now. If a player gets over 2,000 yards in his first two years at receiver, uh, what is it, like 15 touchdowns or something like that, 12 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns, and he's a disappointment as the wide receiver two slash three, Give me that disappointment all day and tomorrow. 682, what it is, what it do? And tomorrow. 
What's going on, Scott Walker? This is Dre Dre from the chat, man. How you doing? What's up, Dre? Hey, do me a favor. Turn down the uh, radio a little bit. I just turned it all the way off for you, my brother. Gotcha. Uh, first off, first off, want to just say I appreciate what you do, man. Been watching the show for quite some time. Um, I just uh want to throw a few things on you, man. Just sure. to see what you felt about it. Um, I just want to get this off my chest, man. I I feel like uh. These boys in the front office, these Jones boys, man, they just trying to control the narrative. Meaning, uh, let's think about this, man. TP not getting no playtime. We, 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 instead, we sending in an injured Zeke. On top of that, Coop getting less targets, you know, even though we know that he's truly our number one wide receiver. What does this all mean, man? To me, it feels like they're trying to control the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I think that uh, I'm not going to keep too much of your time, though, but I think if, if we see a, a TP extension and he's highly undervalued, meaning if he gets like this contract that, that, that just basically like something like three mil, two mil, just a peon contract, you know? So about Tony Pollard? This all, yeah, TP, Tony Pollard. Okay. That just shows that this was just all a part of their plan in the first place, you know? Uh, out with Zeke and with TP, and they get them at a hell of a deal. And as far as the coop thing, man, I mean, if he if he's not getting targets, then what are you supposed to do? Throw the throw the ball I, to himself. I, I'm sorry about the cuss on your show, man. No, you're fine. I've already but, I've already crossed that threshold. You, I, you're right. I don't know what he's supposed to do. I'm just saying though, like all these people, like Ready Red and in, in the chat, you know, hate on my boy. You know, respect the Ready Red. He's a cool brother, <laughs> by the way. But Ready catching uh, bullets today. Man, I just I'm just I'm just saying I don't get it though. Like, what I what is a wide receiver supposed to do, man? This is a skill position, you know. This man, if this man is is, is going to be featured in the offense, then Coop would be a top five receiver. You know, Coop would be up there with the Javante Adams of the world. You know, like like I, I don't I don't understand why so many people just shitting on this. I'm sorry, crapping on no, this man. Good. You know, I mean, the reason why I don't understand it is because you've been given the answer to the question, right? Like I could I could see if we weren't told by Steven or by Simi Fehoko or by by Kellen himself. Right or by Amari Cooper, if we weren't told the answers and we're just sitting here in the wind, like what the hell is going on? What's wrong? Exactly. The answer has been given to you, yet we 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 want to ignore it. Not we, but a few want to ignore it. I, I totally feel the same way, man. I mean, at the end of the day, these these Jones boys show that they about the money. They not really about winning, man. It's really it's really tough being a Cowboys fan. It's hard, bro. It's hard, but really listen, when they try to tell you we we fair, what's not the word fair weather, but we're bandwagon, you tell them, how the hell can you be a bandwagon fan when you ain't won shit in 26 years? We ain't did nothing. <laughs> we ain't did nothing, brother. Last, last, time, last time we won something, I was four years old. You know? Four years old, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to leave this earth and they ain't never going to see another Super Bowl. It is what it is, though, my man. I'm going to try to stay up, man. I'm going to keep listening on the line and, uh, Respect what you do right here, man. Big ups to you, and uh, keep doing your thing, brother. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. You too, man. Uh, let's get this 757. 757, you live. What it is, what it do. Hey, Scott. How you doing, man? I'm Just good. wanted to let you know, man. I uh, appreciate your work, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. And, uh, Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Ty, man, from, from VA. What's up, Ty, from VA? DMV area. Hey, Yes, sir. Hey, I was just, you know, wanted to you know, touch bases, man. Like, oh, look, 
everything you're saying is 100% correct, man. We focus too we focus too much on the players. The players can't do nothing unless the coaches in the front front office allow them to do it. And I feel as though that they lowballing these guys so they can try to get them at a cheaper rate when it's time to be signing. Which is that don't equate to trying to win football games. That equates to just keeping their pockets fat and keeping us fans frustrated because it's one thing when one person say, Okay, you're not doing this Two may say you're not doing this, but when the whole nation basically is saying you're not doing things for the organization like you're supposed to, come on, man, that's a problem. Yeah. And I just think that, I'm sorry, I just think their priorities are in the different, it's not where it's supposed to be. We got too much talent, man, for the last few years to keep going the way we're going. And then they keep saying they want to go by the draft. Well, they pick good at the draft, but by the time, the guys get to where they feel like they're going to be. It's time for them to leave. Boom. Oh, man. I'm glad you said that. I had a whole – see, I didn't want to ether my bros yesterday, my boy Vach, but I had an ether argument ready if we really went in on the Stephen Jones stuff. But that is perfectly said. The Cowboys are so far behind. I don't want to say so far behind. They just aren't forward thinking. They think just because we're going to draft well that that will get us to the promised land and it's so wrong because if you look at all the other teams that do draft well, they still participate in the trade market and they still participate in the free agency market because young players, they don't peak in year one, in year two. It usually takes about three years, four years, sometimes longer. And like you just said, by that time, they're going to price themselves out of Dallas and Stephen Jones is going to come right back on the horn and say, Ah, well, we got to make sure we pay our own. We got we to gotta have the pie to pay our own, and they don't pay their own, or they wait to pay their own, and it costs more money. And we're in this repeated cycle. When you could just go out there right. and get a proven guy or two that helps you get over the hump. Right. Free agencies to help you get over the hump. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And that's, 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 that's the frustrating part about it, man, is that I can see this. You can see these cities. These guys got millions and millions of dollars to be trained to see this, but they're not seeing. They don't want to see it. So it all boils down to this: Are you really for winning the championship, or are you worried about what's going on in your backyard, far like your money and um, negative publicity is good publicity? I, I you get hear, what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear Jerry talk a lot about Super Bowl, but I don't hear Steven say that a lot. I, they're more concerned about the future. We talked about that, right? There, there is no right. pressure for the present. They only care present. They only care about profits for the future. That's why you hear him talk about 23, 2024, 2025, because he has no pressure as a general manager to get it done right now. So, yeah, you know, I don't ever hear Steven talk about wanting to get it done now. It's always about the future. You're right, man. I just wanted to, you know, you know, say that, man, and just get that off my chest. Cause right now, yeah. man, it's, I'm 46 years old, man, and these last 20-some-odd years, it's been very frustrating, man, because if the right, if we can see it clear as day. Mm-hmm. But I ain't going to take up too much of your time, man. I just wanted to, you know, yep. say that, you know, let you know, man, keep doing your, your thing, man, and forget all these people trying to say that you've been the negative Nancy. No, man, you're one of the most <laughs> positive brothers when it comes to the Cowboys. I, yeah. And what you're speaking is facts, and people hate the facts. But, you know, you keep doing your thing, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I am farthest thing from that, man. In fact, it, it bugs me that I got to be negative. But but you got to tell the truth. And sometimes the truth is negative. 
Um, yesterday, you know, we talked about Stephen Moore. And one of the, the teams that Stephen Jones loves to bring up, this is this is on record, is the New England Patriots. And to me, I always laugh. I'm like, oh, why are you bringing up them? You do literally nothing like them. Nothing. Um, the Patriots are forward thinking. They're, they're, they're progressive. They're not reactive, right? They see a player that they know down the line. We're not going to keep them around. You may not like the move. But they'll trade him. Logan Mankins, uh, Richard Seymour. They traded Randy Moss. You know what I'm saying? A, a couple other people. Cut a, a lawyer Malloy. I, I mean, more players we can keep going, keep going. They also make trades. They go get the Rodney Harrisons, right? Uh, they, they sign some of these free agents. They traded for Wes Walker. They traded for Randy Moss. They sign free agents. They spend money. It's not shopping at the Dollar Tree all the time or, or Marshalls. They spend money. They traded for Corey Dillon. They signed Daryl Revis. They signed Stephon Gilmore. And the beauty of what the Patriots do, too, in their, in their, their history the last 20-some years, is even the guys that, the, that they sign on these one- or two-year deals or cheap deals, a good amount of those guys ended up end up panning out more than a year or two. They stick around as a core player or they are, are an immediate impact for that year or two to help them uh, get over the hump. That is the exact opposite. And I want to pull up the graphic for you guys. I know exactly the one I'm going to talk about. Uh, that is the exact opposite of the Cowboys free agent plan. Here are the Cowboys free agents. Now I got to bring this all the way up here. One second, y'all. And not a single soul played beyond two years on this list. Now, obviously, the, the, the list on the far right can still be re-signed, like a J. Ron Curse, Hooker, things like that. Most of these guys are one year and done. Most of them are two year and done. And in their time here, the most successful guy you have on this list is Randall Cobb and J. Ron Curse. Ladies and gentlemen, this is about 27 players signed in free agency, not even counting the other ones that are small-timey guys. 27 players or so, whatever it is, from 2016 to 2021, not a single one of them remain on your team. Not a single one of them were impactful beyond a year. Still to be decided. You know what's hilarious the one player on this on this list that got a three-year deal is Jameez freaking Owale, Alawe, whatever. A fullback. You know how many receptions Jameez Olawale had with his three-year, $5 million deal? You know how many receptions? Let me just let y'all take a guess. Don't go look. Don't go look. How many receptions did Jameez Olawale, the hybrid tight end fullback guy, have when he signed his three-year deal? The only three-year deal on this list. Don't worry. I'll wait. Come on. Two. He had two freaking receptions. (laughs) 
And, and and you want to tell me, not you specifically out there, Cowboys Nation, but Stephen Jones, you want to do things like the Patriots? The Patriots signed guys like Vrabel, Harrison, Rob Ninkovich, Island Branch, Deion Lewis, these guys, to small, short deals. And, and a lot of those guys ended up being core players or helped them win in their very short time being there. There's a crazy stat I saw the other day. Uh, Deion Lewis, the little scat back running back. The Patriots were undefeated at one point uh, over a two-year span or three-year span when he played a game. And you know what the other thing that the New England Patriots do, Stephen Jones? Their system isn't, hey, man, whoever the hell's open. They tailor their system to their best players. Tom, what do you want to do? What do you like to do? Okay, you like to hit the middle of the field. You got to get it out quick. Cool. We're going to continue to replenish that slot guy with a Wes Welker, with a uh, 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 who's, who's the cat that retired from the Super Bowl with the crazy catch. I know I'm talking about in Atlanta, uh, having a brain fart. And Amendola is another one. You know, they replenish it with said player. Hey man, we need to go out there and get a top top end wide receiver. Okay, let's go out there and get a Randy Moss. Now when they're talent replenish farm system dried up you saw them kind of dwindle julian edelman thank you so stephen jones don't don't do that to yourself man the fact of the matter is you are one of one now you used to be one of two you used to be stephen jerry put him in one and Mike Brown from the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike Brown finally said, I, I can't. Step back and look what happened. So you are now one of one, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. You guys don't do things like the rest of the NFL. And you can say, oh, well, Scott, that's a good thing. Is it? How good is it? Got my OG in the building. What's up, B Bird? No plus guy. How you doing this morning, brother? I'm good, man. I'm I'm fired up if you can't tell already. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I kinda caught the show a little bit late. But I want I want to do something here, uh, and hopefully you can hear me good. I'm driving, but uh Um I'm gonna put you in Steven and Jerry's position, correct? Is that, is that okay? That is wonderful. I would love to be in their position. Okay. We'd have a Super Bowl, yeah, so, I'm so saying. You hire <laughs> So you hire Mike McCarthy. Would you force Kellen Moore on him? I think I know the answer. No. Not no. A, not at all. So. B, you're going in and out, brother. Okay, you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. I said you let him hire his own offense coordinator, correct? Correct. Okay. So what about in the running back position, would you have played uh, – continue to play Zeke or would you have put Pollard in? I would have put Pollard in. I would have rested Zeke. 
what, what would you have done with the offensive line? I'm, I'm just curious about this one here. How would you have, about game seven? What would you have done with the offensive line? That one's tricky. Um, it's tricky. That's why I. Asked, I uh, think on the third leg. When I mean third leg, the first leg you had, you know, the the original offensive line minus obviously Martin didn't play week one, but then that happened with Lyell, and Terrence came in and proved himself. The second leg. Lyell and that Terrence thing was weird. I thought they should have just stuck with something. But they went back with Lyell, which whatever, I'm not tripping about. But the second leg was really the Connor Williams and Connor McGovern thing, which I was, let's see what Connor McGovern has first. They saw that. We saw that. We were like, uh. But at that point in time, I said, okay, listen, if we're going to move Lyell inside, got to do it now. So that is maybe the point where I would have moved him inside so that by the time we got to the playoffs, this thing, we're not – trying an, an experiment uh so maybe in that third leg i would have did something different i don't mind what happened in the first two legs but that third leg i probably would have went with lyle moving inside uh so that by the time we got to the playoffs you had like four games for him to get acclimated so the reason why i brought those three things up is because what you said and what the fans are saying is what we would do as football people the thing is that the jones don't operate about what's best for the football product on the field they operate with other things in mind i've, I've told you this before yes. it's about their egos and like jimmy johnson said about being right if you just look at it from a solely football perspective there's no way i'm going to force an offensive coordinator on to my head coach that's why uh mccarthy let, let him out there uh, let him hang out there and didn't help him i understand that i would have done the same thing uh with zeke there's no way a running back lipping uh, on a, a hurt knee is going to get more carries in my healthy, faster running back. It makes no football sense. And people can look at McCarthy all they want, but that's not a Mike McCarthy decision. That's above him. And so what I'm trying to say is these Joneses don't do things for reasons, for football reasons only. They have other things in mind, contracts, um, egos, uh, being right, uh, all these other things to play. And until we get them to make purely football decisions, it's going to continue to be like this, man. And that's all I call it. Just tell you, man, to just, uh, just get that off my chest. I'll talk to you later, brother. Appreciate you, B. Yeah, that's why I believe they are one of one, and it's not a good one. You know what I mean? They're one of one because they, they do things differently. Um, and now, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's other owners who are owner, general manager, vice president, uh, you know, <laughs> president of their team. I don't think there is. But they're one of one, and it doesn't work out. And that goes back to the pressure thing. They don't have the pressure to get it done right now. That's what bugs me is we always talk about the talent being there, but they refuse. That's why I said, I don't think he knows how to build. They refuse to build on that talent. You know, one of the the tweets that I had replied to was that, you know, all of a sudden Stephen Jones doesn't know how to build a roster. And I was like, Stephen Jones doesn't know how to build. Building isn't maintaining. You build on top of things. The Cowboys have maintained. That's not necessarily a negative thing, and that's the that's the, that's the, that's the problem. They don't mind maintaining. They don't mind being around. They don't mind being good enough. But building on top of good, they don't do that. They don't do that. You got a team that is good enough, then go get other players to build on top of that to be better. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not asking you to go far left and be the, the Rams. I'm not asking you to do that. 
I'm just asking you to step outside of your comfort zone because when teams do that, they tend to have a successful run. I mean, it's sad when you look at a, a franchise like the Arizona Cardinals who've been to more Super Bowls and NFC Championship games than you uh, in the last 14 years. The Rams have been to four Super Bowls since 1999 under two different regimes. And they've won two. Done it different ways. Bro, we were laughing at the Rams in the 90s. Nacho, what's up, man? Sky, good morning. Uh, great content. Oh, man, these callers have been right on point. You've been right on point. Um, let me share two things. Uh, I'm, I'm completely with you um, and the callers, absolutely 110%. In the 90s and since 1989, since Jerry Jones bought the team and they came in, what would they do? Okay, they would draft well for the most part, but they would get key pieces through free agency, key players to win championships. Jerry they don't, they're not doing they're not doing that anymore, right? So they got to figure out, okay, are we going to continue to just rely on drafting well and building through the draft, which I get it. It could be the smarter way of going about it, not having to overpay a lot of these big name free agents. I get that. At the same time, though, you want to get over the hump. You want to be a championship football team. That key pass rusher, that key corner, etc. That could be the difference between you winning 12 games and getting to the NFC Championship game. So, um, so I'm hoping something, something's got to, some philosophical something's got to, has got to, has got to change, and they got to figure, and they got to see what other teams are doing. Obviously. I think it's pretty evident what we all saw this year. It was a perfect opportunity for – it was an open season for any NFL football team to win a Super Bowl this year, just how everything kind of panned out. And we were there, we had the roster, and we failed. Um, now I'm going to switch to uh, the, you know, obviously the scouting combine a little bit and kind of just sure. share a few things, and I want I want to see what you – so your boy Davis, uh, nose tackle. If we would go with him, I oh my god, he would then the solidify our run defense. He would solidify our run defense. That one tech, three tech nose tackle kind of big boy in the middle that we haven't had in forever. Um, how about this? How about blend in uh, another linebacker to go along with Parsons, so we can kind of have that combo. You know, obviously the Kobe Deans or Lloyd from, from Utah, we bring any of those guys in, solidify that linebacker corp. And how about this one? We purse, which is what you and I have, have I've heard you talk about, you know, Jerome Purse is one of the key guys that we would like to keep. He's my number one free agent. I, I love He's my number one Cowboys free agent. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm with you on that. I believe what he brings is a combination of two things. He not only brings, uh, uh, he will solidify that strong safety position that we haven't had in a while, but he brings that leadership and he brings that dog that we need players like that. How about a Daxton Hill from Michigan 
to get get back on your free safety. You combine a Daxton Hill with Curse, combo at safety. You go with uh, Lloyd and, uh, and, and, and and the linebacker. Bro, you know we only Martin. can take one of those five players you just mentioned, right? I, 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 yes, absolutely. Okay, right. so right, I wasn't sure if you meant like drafting all those guys. Oh, oh, oh. You went out, Nacho. Uh, Daxton Hill. There you go. Or we got any of those linebackers in the 24th overall. Or, hey, listen, or if we take a guard or or, or anything like that, I think that would be right. that would be a good start to day one. Basically what you're saying, there is going to be a dude at 24, and I couldn't agree more. Right? Um, so I'm excited. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, scouting combine today. I heard you uh, yeah. in the morning, you know, talking to, to Yeomans, and, and you guys had a great conversation. And, uh, but anyways, I'll leave you with that. Hot and uh, um, great callers and great segments and, and you know I'm hoping that, that at some point you know uh, uh, players somebody's got yes you know they got to get they got to get into their heads and we got to start we got to start thinking and shifting the way we did in the early '90s if we want to win indeed I appreciate you Nacho thanks for calling in man uh, absolutely my man have a good day yeah you too. Let me get to my guy, my bro, Boss Cowboy in the building. What's up, Boss? Hey, what's going on, big dog? How's the sound? Uh, I'm going to turn you down a little bit, but you're good. Okay, I just want to make sure. I know how that works. Yeah. First, man, can you get yourself the explosion button, bro? Because this show is <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so the first thing I want to say, big dog, is I wish people listen to you better. Because I, I, I don't get it. To me, you've been very clear, and I don't see where the misconceptions is coming from. Because to me, you're spelling it all the way out, you know, with this the Cooper dilemma, and, and, and you're not overreaching on it at all. So it's one of those things to where I, I, I don't think a lot of people dissecting it right and, and really not seeing this system versus playmaker dilemma. Because that's really what it's coming down to. I don't even hear that many people talk about it. I heard you talk about it. I heard Jesse Holly talk about it. You know we talk about it. But I, I really don't think a lot of our fans are connecting that the problem is not that we won't be successful with a committee. The problem is we won't be successful when it gets tight with a committee, mm-hmm. right? So when it's big games, like it, you said it like 18 times. I just don't get how people are missing your point. Like if we, not nobody is saying that the committee system don't work on average teams. We know we put up big numbers. Right. We just see the trap. In my opinion, that it's a trap. It's like you go going to big games thinking that if and people thinking that okay, we can use this committee approach when we going against a team that's geared up like San Fran. No, they go slap you in your mouth. Yep. And see one of the that you said that I think a lot of people miss because I said the exact same thing yesterday. It wouldn't even matter in this system if we had Sterling Sharp mixed with Jerry mixed with Randy Moss. If you show a double to that athlete and then the system says go away from that, then what's happening is you're allowing the defense to dictate where the ball goes. And that's a major problem that nobody is talking about. All the Hall of Famers called this out, too. And the only person that I'm hearing really go loud about this 
is you and Jesse Holly. So first, bro, thank you. You know what I mean? Because to me, this is the biggest issue this offseason. Not talent, not read, not receiver, not linebacker. It's this system. Because this system is going to be fool's gold again, in my opinion. And you, and you know what, boss, you know yeah. what, what boggles my mind? Is that did we hear any of this shit two years ago when they signed him to that deal? No. Did uh, no. second question? Second question. Did the system change? Yes, to a degree. Yes. How, how did the system? Yeah. How did the system change? Same offensive coordinator. Because because I didn't right. expect you to say yeah. So I don't think it did. But how did the system change from 2019 with Kellen Moore to 2021 with Kellen Moore? I say this is the way the system changed, and that's why I said it in a way it changed. It, it, in a way, I think we we got into big picture stuff, and I think that's what Mike McCarthy was talking about, where he said they focus on big picture. I'm talking, I'm trying to win, right? Mm-hmm. So I was looking at history, big dog, and I was looking at what Cole Beasley was saying when he left to Buffalo, and one of the key things that he said is opportunities is more important than money, right? Because his targets also went down on the contract year. So the system didn't change, but the focus on who you target in your system changed. My oh, okay, you know? so so, so uh, the higher-ups ch- changed the, uh, the, 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 the targets. Yeah, yeah. And see, and when I looked at the clues of what Cole was saying, because, you know, when Cole left, half of us was kind of feeling them, half of us was thinking, okay, you just a dramatic receiver like normal. But how does his experience fully line up to Amari? It's because likely he's telling the truth. Because because Cole Beasley came out and said front office dictates who they want to get the ball. Yep. And I remember he talked about that in two minute drill. That's why I eat because it's it's not scripted. So whenever a script is involved, it's 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 likely a potential of meddling coming in from the front office. And that's why I said it's levels, and I and I'm like, bro, I really wish y'all listen to Scott. Like, don't don't just shoot down what he's saying because he's talking in levels and dimensions, and you got to really pay attention. But the thing, but but I think it's obvious, boss. Like, like I think it's right there. We're just we're just we're just putting it into words into a deeper context. But but Stephen is telling you, your coach is telling you, your players are telling you, it's right there. But somehow, some way. We're we're worried about your stud wide receiver. That's that's strange yeah. to me. So what I mean is, you signed him. When I'm talking about Stephen Jones, you signed him to this two year deal. Two uh, this time to this deal two years ago under the same offensive coordinator under the same system. And all of a sudden, two years later, oh well, the system. You know, we can't really give him the ball because of the system. Well, brother, right. why did you sign him to that contract? Why did you even trade for him in the first place if you were only going to get four years out of him and boot him? A first-round yeah. pick, by the way. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's so much that's wrong with this. It's a morale thing that's wrong with this as well because remember, like, C.D. Lamb just came out in an interview and talked about how the public talk affects player confidence. Well, he's not for, uh, for a contract, so who could he be talking about? His counterpart, Cooper. So we are very toxic, and there's very few shows that actually focus on the political dynamics and the toxicity of our organization and shine that light on it. We are always talking about talent, but it's only a few shows, and you are the one, right, that's really shining the light on the culture. B-Bird said this yesterday Coach, when he man. called in. The, he said, bro, I'm not even as 
interested in draft and free agent talk this year. I want to talk to people that's going to focus on the culture because if we don't fix this culture, we go we go keep repeating what we've been repeating for the last twenty six years. And see, you know, a shout out to Ronnie in the building on Facebook. He, he's laughing. He thinks it's funny, but this is true. He says, "So y'all think Jerry told the coaches to stop targeting Cole Beasley so they wouldn't pay him?" See, see, it's it's not even that. It's not about he stop targeting Cole. You can say, "Hey, target so and so more than without saying don't target him at all." And and this is why I know it is a fact that Jerry Jones sits in some of these meetings and says, what's happening today? No, no, no. What about this? Former players, I'm not going to drop names, but former players have told me. I reached out personally. I said, people are saying, this was a couple years ago, people are saying this and, and that about, does Jerry go into these meetings? I was told, yes. He goes in there with the coaches, and he sits there at times and says, what's going on? This is this. This is that. I'd like to see this. So this isn't some yeah. made-up bull crap, man. This isn't some conspiracy. You have multiple players that have come out and said the upper management does dictate who tees the rock. And what more proof do you need to see than Ezekiel Elliott playing on a torn PCL in a meaningless freaking Week 18 game just to get 1,000 yards? Yep. Yeah, I, that's the evidence right there. And this is the sad part, and I'm going to just be honest. The people that laugh at what we're talking okay, about. Okay, Ronnie, us, Ronnie, a coach said it. I just want right. to say that. I just want to say that. I just want to say that to Ronnie so he knows. A coach did say it, slash former player. See, I, I understand why people like that would laugh because they don't have a connection. You know what I mean? And when you don't have the connections that you have and that I would have to where we get more kind of inside of talk, it's, it's not going to be real to common fans. They don't think this is conspiracy theory. But, like, he pointed out, and you should be able to just think with your own common sense. Like, you should be able to think, okay, this guy has a torn PCL, right? Likely, that's a four-week injury. So, uh, let's just rock with Pollard until that gets better. So, why didn't that common sense go into place? Who decided that? I don't it's, think it's, yeah, I, I don't think it was Skip Pete. I don't think it was Kellen. I don't think it was Mike. No, and I know it wasn't Mike because Mike was keen uh low management. He was doing an excellent job of low management. He was sitting down stars. But when it came down to Zeke and Pollard, now nah, you can't sit that one down. That's our guy. Right? You know, it's I think B Burry hit it dead on the head. It's a mix of ego with football decisions. It's it's a it's a couple of guys that's gonna get kind of like the leverage of front office weight pushing for them, and then some people go, in my opinion, go kind of get washed out in true competition, you mm-hmm. know. So came down to Tank having to sit down. Yeah, they set him down. Like when they came down to Gregor on that calf injury, they said he could have played. It was like sit down, we go load manage you. But we came down to Zeke on that injury versus Pollard who was hot. Uh, we can't do that. We can't go with the young guy. Even with the 6-1 and one, um, advantage that we had to where you could take some chances like that. Yeah, we need to so look I, right on, on this contract, right? We need to look right on this decision right. we made when in reality right. it, it's starting to look, not even starting, but, you know, it probably was a mistake. And that's no knock on Zeke. The position just doesn't call for that. And, and it's so hilarious that they watched the Rams get rid of their version of Zeke, right, who paid a big, big contract, and injuries started to pile up a little bit, and they weren't scared to pull that trigger. 
Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys are always scared to pull the trigger. And I'm not saying get rid of Zeke. You can't do that right now. But at some point, right. that's going to be a conversation that needs to happen. Uh, at some point, you don't have to get rid of him last year. You could have just said, yo, we're going to roll with Tony Pollard for a little bit here as you get healthy. But they don't want to look foolish. Right. Right. And see, and people don't really understand the tea leaves that we're looking at. So people are laugh and say, you mean to say that he said don't target Cole Beasley? Yes. See, we got a, we got a front office that um, I think you call him cowboy, right? Like, Steven get real, real diabolical when it comes to that cap. He loves to I say cap. Anybody, I want anybody to go look at the history of quarterback and go find me a quarterback that was on the level of Dak that had to play the year four and then got tagged. You can't find it. And why did he do Dak like that? Because he was trying to force Dak in the team friendly. He was so committed and egotistical in that that he kept running up his price, six to seven million a year, just to try to get him to go under one million. So, like, if people got to understand when you're dealing with these sometimes these billionaires and their egos. I heard Jesse Ali say it like this: the off season and dealing with these contracts is their Super Bowl. See, our Super Bowl is the actual Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl is being right in the public, being right in front of those other billionaires and being able to force guys to to submit to their will. Yeah. And they make all kind of dumb cap decisions. So, like, yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe it. So how can you tell me Amari Cooper got a 1,000 yards with back quarterback but then couldn't get his targets with that? Okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's a conspiracy, sure. Right. No, it's real. You know, and it's obvious. And that's why Mike McCarthy talked about they like to think in big picture and try to do big picture decisions where I'm trying to focus on winning. Like, people are not focusing on that statement. Yeah, right? when, when he so, said they do – things are different here, but I, and I don't like to pay attention to that noise. I'm more about winning. You're right. That, that kind of just went over people's heads. I think that's a major thing yeah. that he said. And it, it goes to show you the culture and, and what the Joneses do and how influential the Joneses are. But but again, you know, I, I, you know, we're being told here in the chat. Oh well, so and so didn't report it. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, well, I say this, man, man. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. It's a very brave thing that you're doing, and I, I'm proud to watch people like you work because you give me a lot of like um, a sense of pride. Not independent. You know what I mean? Because you say and you're willing to say what others are afraid to say. You know, you speak the truth to power in love because this is a this is a love thing. When you yeah. when you tell the truth to influence your people, you're doing it in love. And I thank you for it, bro. Man, I appreciate the kind words as always, but you the one as well that's that's doing your thing in this industry and continue to push that truth, dog. Continue to push the truth. Yeah, bro. We on it, bro. And I'm out, man. I'm I'm gonna be courteous to the other callers. Thanks for taking the call, big dog. Of course, man, of course. All right, boss. That's Boss Cowboy. Right. Make sure y'all follow him, Boss Cowboy Sports, on YouTube as well. Y'all want some in-depth stuff? He got you covered. Thank you, G. All right, bro. I was thinking about doing a show about this, Ronnie. I truly was because I think this is a huge misconception. Huge misconception. The Cowboys used to spend big in free agency. It didn't work out. I did some 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 deep diving on this because. I used to, on the surface, say, well, technically they used to spend big on their own and deal out ridiculous contracts during that Romo era. This is when I was younger, so like the Romo era was kind of really implanted in my head. 
Uh, but I went back a little further and then a little further and a little further. If you're talking about the 90s, well, <laughs> that worked. But free agency, re- that was the birth. No one really understood the salary cap just quite yet. Since the salary cap era, the most they've spent in free agency in regards to a, a point in time from about 2000, say 2000, right? From about 2000 to now was when Bill Parcells became head coach and he had to flip the roster upside down on its head. The Anthony Henry's right. Um, Leonard Davis came in 2007, the Jason Ferguson's, the Marco Rivera's that time period was the most they spent in free agency. At the time, some of those contracts like a Marco Rivera was a multiple time pro bowler, things like that. Um, and he was a little older. Anthony Henry, I thought, play, I thought, you know, he played well. Uh, well, like I said, Leonard Davis was a pro bowler as well. If you really go back and look, they did not spend crazy in free agency. And that was still early 2000s, mid 2000s. They spent crazy on their own. So 2012 was the last time they spent money on a big time free agent in his Brandon Carr. And he loves to use that Brandon Carr, uh, contract as a oh look we can't sign big guy big free agents because look what happens i think it was 2012 but if you truly go back and look yeah richie anderson was another one how where did they spend all this money in free agency that y'all love to say happened and i'm not saying spend 200 million dollars that's not the point but where where since 2000 from 2000 to now did they go out and acquire top level talent at a high price that it didn't pay off like all the time, right? I won't say all the time, but it didn't pay off for the most part. Leroy Glover, that paid off. I'm I'm a, I'm probably in the minority here. Brandon Brandon Carr, I was fine with Brandon Carr's time here. I'm not tripping about that. <laughs> People like to use Brandon Carr like it was an albatross of a contract. It was not. But but maybe this is some homework. Maybe I hit up Boston because I know he gets into it too. Go find me this this pocket of endless free agent spending on all these high price guys, all these blue chip tier one free agents. I promise you, I, don't, I, I can't recall it. And then this is a genuine question to those that believe what well, Dallas spent all this money in free agency before it didn't work. Where? And if it doesn't work, you don't stop doing it. Go look again. You want to be the Patriots? Go check out the Patriots. You think they hit on, you know, I know they signed Revis and the Gilmores and the Rob Ninkovinches and things and hit. There's players they missed on too. Did that stop them? So where's all this crazy money that they spent? Keep broken. Hey, come on. What are we talking about? Zach, what are we talking about? Those aren't free agent spendings where it's like, oh my God, you just spent all this money for agency. There's one thing to say. They spent big on free agency. It's another thing to say they actually participate in free agency. Well, they have to. They got to go sign these players (laughs) to fill their roster. But again, I promise you, where's all these signings at, y'all? Don't worry, I'll wait. I'm looking into... uh, Exactly. Because they didn't. That's not what they do. We're, I think social media is just so powerful now. We look at it as like, 
oh, hey, you know, they just started this sign our own thing. No, 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 no. This, this, this happened mid two thousands. Ken Hamlin, Jay Ratliff, Marion Barber, Roy Williams. I want to say Brady got, I think Brady got extended to Brady James. You know, this happened mid two thousands. It's just, we have social media now and we're more, we're paying attention a little bit more and we realize, and this is just kind of a never ending cycle. And I'm not saying it's bad to play, pay your own, but it's not bad to also go out and get better players. But back to, uh, like Ryan, I'm not trying to get on you, but but I'm dead serious. A former player slash coach did did mention that to me, and I, and I reached out specifically to that person, and then another person as well, which was a player, but you don't seem to care about a player saying it. Um, that told me he has sat in meetings multiple times. It's not out of the ordinary for him to come in there and see what's going on, ask questions, and then I hate to use the term dictate because that that's kind of that's that's kind of wrong, but request certain things happen and you said well did did jimmy i never heard jimmy say this or i never heard or parcel say that i am jerry jones threw terrell owens on bill parcells you think bill says it he didn't want terrell owens your statement was well he never told them who to play well he did he signed terrell owens do you think Jason Garrett wanted Greg Hardy? Huh? <laughs> so until they get a guy that can be controversial as well as a good coach, it's going to take these players, Cowboys Nation. It's going to take these players. It's going to take these players to overcome a lot of things. Um, so accumulate all the talent, man. Accumulate all the talent. Go spend money, go trade. I'm not saying the farm, but make a trade or two, spend some money, get the best players in here, and hope like hell they can overcome uh, what's above them. I tell you, this show actually went a different way today, uh, but 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 I enjoyed it. You know, I love I love getting deep into things here. It may not be for everybody, but I appreciate you guys uh, coming through and, and, and letting me kind of get these things off my chest. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the draft and, and free agency so we can kind of get into actual players that the Cowboys acquire um, and, and kind of move forward with how this team is going to be built. Because right now all we got is the drama, unfortunately. And it ain't, and it ain't because we, we're mustering it up. Your front office is going out there saying these things. Your front office is the one saying, yeah, this player 100% is on the roster. This player, well, we got to look at the cap and uh, got some decisions to, they're giving you this. It's just a matter if you choose to see it. No matter if you choose to see it. All right. Uh, tomorrow is Fan Friday. Obviously, the phone lines will be open for you guys to call in. Feel good Friday. We're going to bring this back up. Thank God it wasn't today because the, the end of the show wasn't a feel good one. I understand. But tomorrow's Feel Good Friday um, and Fan Friday. So I will drop the uh, mailbag all over i'll drop it on instagram i'll drop it here in the community on twitter and as well on facebook so you guys can uh shoot in your questions and we'll get the best ones on air like we do every single friday so uh, make sure y'all tune in to that and also man check out texas family fitness freeman miles and worth the poor 
Uh, give our sponsors a shot there. Uh, these are really good companies here. So check those guys out uh, as well. All right. And do me a favor before you head up out of here, man. Hit that like button. Share this thing. And subscribe. Okay. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. We want to continue to grow this A to Z Sports Dallas. Uh, I don't want to say business, but we want to continue to grow this A to Z Sports Dallas culture. That's what we want to do. The community. Because I think it's a strong community, and I'm trying to spearhead it uh, with like, I won't say like-minded, but strong Cowboys fans. All right. With that said, let me go ahead and press this button and get on up out of here so y'all can get to y'all Thursdays. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Later tonight, the final episode of the week of A to Z Sports Primetime with Mauricio Rodriguez. Check out A to Z Sports.com slash Dallas for all things got you so for all things cowboys one time for the one time hold on cat boy cat boy what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you cat boy cat boy what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you Shout out to Professor Odomod, God. Salute to the chat. Y'all were a beast today. Peace. I want me some glory hope.